Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Brian and I are joined by the course master himself, Jeremy Cavanagh. Jeremy, how are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are we, lads? Uh, good, good, good. Um, so before we get into the actual topic of today, um, Jeremy, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself in case they don't know who you are? Yeah, so I do health and fitness related stuff. Um, yeah. I've been like, I haven't been in the industry, industry that long, to be fair. Um, but I've kind of potentially like amplified or sped up my rate of progress due to the amount I've invested in courses and stuff coming up. So, like, I, I, I've probably been in the industry like uh, six years now. Um, but there's like certain things that I'm pretty competent in, even though I haven't been here that long. Yeah. Um. So I'm started like I've I'm going back in ten days time. I'm like a third of the way through through a masters in clinical nutrition. Um. And I'm actually actually just started. Um. I'm going to kind of change change domain. So I'm pretty like I'm pretty happy with like my my nutrition science background that I don't really need. Like I I have the capacity now to go off and kind of like research things myself. I don't need to be fed things through courses. Um, so I'm going to, um, I've just had to start um, starting a bachelor's in, in counseling and psychotherapy. So I'm going to balance the two of them for the next, next couple of, couple of months whilst, whilst coaching. Um, so that will be fun, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not too worried about, like, I think it's going to be absolutely fine to balance, balance both of them. Plus it's going to give me an, a, another kind of a new skill set. So I'm looking forward to doing a bit of learning there. Yeah, mm. I find to keep track of all the educational endeavors Jeremy pursues. It's like literally just you just spend your time learning. The man loves learning. So yeah. even though you say, yeah, you're not in the industry that long and you're quite young as well, but like you said, you've just accelerated your own development by virtue of the fact that. You just invest so much time and resources into studying. So, yeah, I find it hard to keep track of. But, yeah. It's just the same sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so like, you know, what areas, what areas you say you're most interested in? Like, because you've exposed yourself to a lot, actually, yeah. in the last few years. Like, I've, I've honestly, like, I've let little parts of myself die recently. <laughs> like, I, I was just saying this to you, Brian, recently, like, the whole, like, exercise mechanics sort of things it's just like or even like even the hypertrophy related stuff it's like i don't really want to sit and, and circle jerk about mechanisms of hypertrophy and mom derms don't really think it's like incredibly helpful um i quite like nutrition science like mm. quite i quite, quite like it now, now that i can actually like go and find things out for myself and actually like I'm, I'm, I'm getting like fast enough at being able to do that yeah like I, I'm, I'm i'm finding like especially over the last kind of like two years um that i'm i'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit yeah and would you still do you still see yourself training people in the the not so distant future yeah like well like I wouldn't mind getting getting back in and doing doing a bit of one to one to one. Um, I think I think one to one, like really good one to one, can be super valuable. Mm. Um, I I, re I really do believe believe in it. 
Um, but like, like I, I can't even find an in-person coach to to recommend to my clients. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, it's very dictated yeah. by the area you're in, but um, yeah, it's just so many people have moved online, uh, and that's like that's what you get. Makes it harder yeah. for for like say a complete beginner as well. One hundred percent. Like, like be- beginners and the older population are going like going to really miss out when nobody being in in the gym, mm. um, or they're going to be le- left with somebody le- less competent. Now that, that's actually something we're, I'm going to have to stop speaking now because I will just chat shit forever and we won't talk about anything nutritional. <laughs> um, I've become less kind of like as I've let that kind of like exercise mechanics part of me die. I've I've become less judgmental of other coaches. I'm just like you're getting somebody fitter, you're getting some somebody stronger. So you you do good, you do you do good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I think it's like you know, well, obviously. Uh, triage we're trying to do it but yourself as well Jim. that's we're trying to i suppose level up the industry as a whole so that like you know the the bar has to be raised because you know it's such a terribly un, unregulated profession that you know i think over time as people kind of get more exposed to right okay this is the standard that i need to be at to actually be able to help people properly mm. um or first do no harm as they say you know, like I think over time it, it, it should um it should improve and it is improving, like, but it's just a little bit slow. So yeah, I think like what we're going to see is it's going to continue to go in both directions, where lots of people are going to get better and lots of like it's going like lots of people are going to continue to get even better, and there's going to be other people that are going to continue to get even worse. And we're going to see the, like this this bigger spread where we see like really good, like like nice kind of evidence-based practitioners, and then we just see like even more quackery. I think that's what we're starting to see at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. That is not the topic of today's discussion. Yeah. What, we're actually, yeah. what we're actually gonna talk about today. Um, so Dermot didn't mention it, but uh, you're taking part in a research study on plant-based nutrition, right? Yeah. Do you wanna just tell people quickly what that's about and what it entails? Yeah, so like, about like I'm nearly coming to the end of it. I actually have to go back and get my blood, blood get my bloods and stuff. Um, but but basically, um, they're looking at like the primary outcome being like environmental factors and stuff like that. And if I'm if I'm honest, like it's that's not a, like something I've looked into massively. It's like I I like I would suspect based on a couple of bits that I've seen that like yeah, like a plant based diet is is better for the environment. Um, I think there's a spectrum to that potentially. Um, but by, by the looks of things, I, I would. I'm, I'm open to being wrong but i do believe that that is the case um so like that's that's something that i've kind of like starting to be like a little bit more interested in unfortunately or fortunately or unfortunately i've also like started to kind of look like ba- based on the fact that i've been taking part in, in in this little research study i've also started to look at like ethical considerations and stuff and it's, it's kind of so, sometimes when you when you when you like open your eyes to these things, it's like my it's hard for me to hold hold my position here, and I might need to modify my behaviors longer term. Um, but like as we were chatting about before, Brian, it's like I I don't have any emotional attachment towards that. It's like I, that hasn't like affected my my ability to like answer like nutrition science related questions. Yeah. 
it doesn't um, doesn't affect your like biases and your ability to actually think critically um which is one of the big reasons i wanted to have you on for this sort of a discussion so you know we're going to talk about kind of plant-based diets in general but then we're also going to run through some of the claims made about plant-based diets right so Dermot's here on a plant-based diet enjoying it sees himself doing this long term correct oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. no no in, in saying it, like i don't i don't i won't like identify as a vegan let's say it's like yeah. if, if there's situations where like there's leftover food and stuff like that it's just like well if nobody's gonna eat it, i'm gonna definitely eat it um li- li- little things like that but it's it, like or if like it's difficult in social situations it's like yeah cool so i, I like I, I, basically what i do is like try to eat like that yeah um, and when you're preparing most of your own food mm-hmm. you eat like that but 100%, 100%. you know if you go out somewhere and the, the vegan option is a bit crap then you know you're not gonna you're not yeah gonna to that. no i don't i don't believe that that's that's common anymore just because everywhere is so well equipped yeah no i agree i agree it's definitely it's definitely improved a lot of just well depending where you are in the world uh, as well it can it can be different but no i think it's definitely easier uh, than it was a lot easier but um yeah so this this study has required you to adopt a plant-based diet you know dermid trains a lot right he's into exercise he's competed in physique sports in the past um you know so you're obviously conscious of your performance and and stuff in the gym linked to a plant-based diet and that's obviously that's something that, that gets discussed a lot you know can you uh you know build muscle just the same develop your physique just the same get strong basically just perform well as an athlete you know of of any type on a plant-based diet right and obviously there's there's say criticisms of, of plant-based diets in the context of uh you know the the protein quality is a, is a primary one uh, the amino acids makeup of those proteins, which basically determines the quality, different sort of anti-nutrients in the foods, you know. So th- these are all kind of arguments that people might come up with to say, oh, no, like, you know, uh, an om- omnivorous diet is superior um, and you should be eating animal foods uh, if you want to be the best performing athlete that you can be. So why, why don't we actually start there? Like we're going we're gonna to discuss some claims, kind of wild claims made by certain proponents of veganism plant-based eating and again dermid is following plant-based diet and is you know has a lot of nutrition knowledge is developing his nutrition knowledge so he's not going to be biased in terms of saying you know if someone's making wild claims about it because you're not identifying with it emotionally you're not going to be like oh yeah that's true or whatever so like the, the majority like i think i think the best way of explaining this is the majority of these the majority of the things that i'm going to speak about today is like i've already decided on these before i changed my beha- before i changed my behaviors for ethical and environmental reasons hmm. so like from a nutrition science perspective when i was continue when i was still eating like m- meat like yeah today it's like I, i'd already kind of came to these conclusions based on clients that i work with that no like these things are largely non-inferior for for hypertrophy and performance yeah so um i think like this is something that can can be actually like really really helpful to apply to like all nutrition science related domains let's say like okay so we have this this kind of mechanistic plausibility 
where we know we know that like way is going to be superior if we match like losing content way is going to be superior to pea protein or soy at simulate muscle protein synthesis um and like obviously muscle protein synthesis is involved in the synthesis of new muscle mass but it, it like what we're actually speaking about there is like we're still looking at mechanisms like we we have data that sits higher on an evidence hierarchy that supersedes this mechanistic um like line of inquiry showing that like they're largely similar once total protein is, is met and, resi- and a resistance training stimulus is applied it like and i, I think that that's really really important that we don't get get caught up in the weeds of mechanisms when we which have often happens yeah which which often has happens like it used to happen when you don't have like proper like nutrition science related training it's like look at this picture of the biochemical diagram it's like I can remember that 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 works for me, like, and it doesn't matter. So, so like, it's the same with like the mechanism of hypertrophy. Actually, doesn't matter. Like outcomes. Let, let's me- let's measure tissue accrual. Let's measure like torque output, and let's like modify protein servants, and let, let, and, let and let's see the difference there. And then like we see that like they're largely non inferior. I think like. The, the most important things when we're looking at plant-based protein is like where are you getting it from? Like oats, beans, legumes, like like peanuts. Like no, I'm sorry. It's like it, that's they're not proteins. It's like you need to be you need to be eating soy. You need to be eating like microprotein. You need to be eating like seitan. You need to have like a decent like a a good like protein protein powder there. Um, like even though like we have enough data here to say that like that 1.6 gram per, gram per kilo once you hit that, whether it's coming from animal or plant protein, it doesn't really matter. Like I'll still, I'll still like, I'll still push things up a little, a little touch higher. So like I'll eat like two point two point like two point four grams per kilo. I don't believe you need to, but I'm I'm happy to do that anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy to do that from like a, even like a satiety perspective. Let's say. Yeah, and like yeah, I mean that's that's the same conversation that myself and Dean were having vegan or plant-based clients it's like you know you got primary sources of protein whether it's animal-based or plant-based and like you know things like you know oats and nuts and seeds and you know pulses to some extent as well like they're not really primary protein sources because they're not contributing the majority of their calories from protein um and that's kind of what i would define as a primary protein source so basically it's you know it's mostly protein that you're talking about and then the ones that you mentioned there are your go-to sources so uh that's that's what you need to build your your diet around in the context of protein if you're on a plant-based diet it's like those are the foods and then the other foods that we made like oats and nuts and seeds and pulses like they're great additions you know great carbohydrate sources you know great sources of fiber everything else although corn microprotein is pretty rich in fiber as well um but then, you know, so the argument, like, so well, you've kind of already answered it because, you know, you said once you, once you hit a certain protein threshold, it's kind of matched. So why do you think people make arguments that, oh, plant protein is lower quality? Maybe if we can clear that up for people. Because um, yeah. that is something that's said all the time. And, yeah. and, and something I probably would have thought of as well not too long ago until I had a, a swim in the, in the research uh, around this. Yeah, so it's going to be the loosing content. 
so like per like the, so the loosing content the digestibility um and the amino acid profiles of them as well mm. which like so like plant-based proteins they actually do like if you look at like the usda DA database on this it's like all foods actually contain all essential amino acids bar gelatin yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah um it's funny it's funny from, from like a carnivore perspective as well I, I love that um but like obviously the like lysine and the like the methionine and stuff like that like the amounts of them and even the leucine as well um and when we so when we take that like altered amino acid profile and then we we see that certain proteins like legumes and stuff like that now i don't ha- i don't have this off the top of my head but we know like that the digestibility of them is a little bit less um but it doesn't it doesn't actually seem to matter mm. it's like mm. so, so again again it's like we're we're, we're trying to ex- extrapolate we're trying to extrapolate um like sorry can you use here that no 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 you can't okay right um there's a big fucking like like chainsaw outside um so we're trying to extrapolate like things based on like digestion and food content um, and then we, we see that, that that doesn't really matter yeah um, sorry about that i got distracted because i thought you could hear it no um, i i think yeah i think a lot of the arguments i they don't stand up once once you basically once you assume that someone is both cooking their food and not eating the exact same protein source and only eating one protein source all the time the kind of the differences melt away to a large extent like if you're looking at um you know the assessments of protein quality like as soon as you start considering okay combining plant-based foods so you get a better spectrum of amino acids the, the qualities are very much the same as like animal sources right um and a lot of the arguments about digestibility you know okay i don't think they i don't think they completely go away like through cooking and stuff but like again the people who argue against this are like you know like the digestibility of these plant sources is shy like what's like once you cook them most of it like all those most of those anti-nutrients and things get uh kind of nullified and it doesn't really matter so yeah there's there's kind of a lot of lowbrow arguments going on around this stuff i think um things like soy and sitan and actual protein powders hmm. so it might be relevant that if you're going to be eating like like beans and legumes you have to pair them together that might be that might be relevant but when we're talking about things that i i consider like decent protein quality like then we don't need to worry about it hmm. which is good so it means basically you know you can perform just as well in the gym or your, your chosen sport, uh, provided you're eating enough protein uh, overall and obviously eating enough calories and carbohydrates. And, you know, on a plant-based diet, so it's pretty easy to eat a lot of carbohydrates, right? Because it's going to be predominantly carbohydrate-based. Um, I do. It, t- it takes a little bit more planning and structure, but so does any sort of well-put-together nutrition plan. I think it's probably a little bit easier to, like, freestyle your nutrition if you're omnivorous and still hit certain targets for for your nutrients but like if this is something that you want to do um a bit of education a bit of planning with structure around the, the subject and you should be fine right 
it do it like that there's where my problem is like i don't i don't think it's a viable option like unless we start like massive like more food fortification like we start to fortify things with like like amino acids and we start to fortify foods with like 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 b6 and b12 and stuff like that a little touch more it's like i don't i don't think it's like a good recommendation up across the population like i don't i don't know like like let let's say like my my sister for example like if she was like oh i'm gonna go vegan i was like i like unless she was willing to take a good bit of my advice i was like i don't think i, I don't know if i'd recommend it it's like how about how about we just do some reductions of things because that's go, that's going to help um and it's going to allow you to like co- cover most bases or we can we can put effort into setting this up in a health promoting way which we can do going to require a little bit of supplementation it's going to require a little bit of alteration with, with, with your food but it, it can it can be done it's about, about deciding like if you have the the capacity to keep your nutrition like or be really mindful about your nutrition basically hmm. yeah it's it's interesting because some people will like they'll do a little bit of research or they'll watch a documentary or whatever it is and they'll want to go vegan and for some people it'll it'll improve their day quality right because it's obviously they have to eat more fruit and veg, right? But then for other people, it has the opposite effect. Um, and I think that's kind of whereby, you know, that, but it's kind of that little bit of education um, around this that needs to be brought in, or as you say, you know, whether it's fortifying more foods um, so that deficiencies don't occur, whether that be with B12 or whatever it is, like, you know. Um, but yeah, like I, th- I think it is interesting because like, I feel like if there was a diet plan that I would subscribe to, it probably would be the the vegan end of the spectrum. I think it's overall probably, um, you know, more health promoting to to a certain degree. And I think I, I like obviously as as we're have as we have been discussing and will discuss, like it's you can obviously do this in in a very healthful manner. Um, but I suppose it's more so the actual the the way that the messages are promoted in the vegan community that's the, that's the issue. Hundred percent. Like, there's nothing that you there's nothing that you can achieve on a vegan diet that you can't achieve on a, on an omnivorous diet, omnivorous, omnivorous diet. Like you can get all the health promoting benefits of a vegan diet by eating more plants and reducing animal fat. And you don't, you don't need to be vegan to do that. So from, from a health perspective, like you don't need, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily need to be a, ve- a vegan diet, but it can just be more of a plant-based diet, let's say. Um, that, that's a really important point so just like people stop and think about that that because th- that that's kind of a nice segue for some of the claims that we can talk about in the context of a, a vegan diet or a plant-based diet because there's a lot of them you know as it pertains to certain health outcomes you know reducing risk of you know heart disease and stuff but like i suppose that's where the the conversation has to come up like is it the absence of animal foods or is it the presence of plant foods that actually move the needle um and like it's a little bit of both as you said there you know reducing kind of saturated fat intake from animal fats but you know you can obviously have a a really a really well put together omnivorous diet and not eat like inordinate amounts of saturated fat right so you can you can eat and you know say you know we say animal fats so not including fish fats let's say um so I suppose we can we can move into that uh, area of the podcast if we like. I'm just going to say that if I 
I'm going to go with a diet plan. I'm going to renew my subscription to the ancestral diet community. That's what I would do. Um, but I listened to the rest of that Liver King podcast, by the way. And like, I tell you what, it actually, it, it was solid. I very much enjoyed it. But it, it, it's just unfortunate that he says like. Yeah, you feel like a bit, free. you feel a bit dirty. You feel like you haven't brushed it <laughs> in a few weeks after listening to it because you're like. Yeah, this guy's got some good points, and I agree yeah. with what he said. But nothing to do with nutrition and health, yeah. basically. But it's more, more like his philosophy and values, which is, um, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up on air, Dean. Just <laughs> <laughs> in there, but sorry, the I was saying to Dean uh, the other week that the Diary of a CEO podcast is very good. Um, Stephen Bartlett, and he had Liver King on uh, recently. Yeah, right. <laughs> Liver King was doing the podcast circuits. Um, and it was a really good episode. And if you allow yourself to just kind of mind wipe what he actually says in terms of health behaviors and nutrition for 90 minutes, it's actually a very, a very good listen. And you'll be like, oh, okay, this guy's I but like I, 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 I think it's quite exemplary of how you know there is there's something there's always something to be gleaned from these people that is useful. But the problem is people adopt the whole philosophy, right? It's not like, obviously there's, there's something there's like liver King is very, you know, people see him, he's jacked and he's, he's very, um, he's, he's quite, quite disagreeable to a certain degree and he's in your face. And you know, that's very attractive, especially for young lads. But the problem is that they just adopt the whole philosophy, including the fucking batshit crazy diet. Like, you know, and, and sunning, what is it? Oh, sunning your balls is recent is the most recent thing that he's um, telling people to do. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Anyway, that was a segue. <laughs> we'll get back it's to not, it's not so pretty nuts if you leave them out in the sun too long. <laughs> is it be, is it because the, the the vitamin D increases steroid hormones in the system? What is the crack with? <laughs> I actually don't know. I just seen like more plates, yeah. more dates had like a video about like oh, Liver King is telling people to sun their balls now. So it's just like ah, oh, this is. Yeah, you say that thing, but like, you know, if you if you'd said that to me before listening to the podcast, I would have found it hard to agree with you that there's something to be gleaned from, except marketing perhaps and, and like business savvy. But then, like, if I try and apply, apply that reasoning to say Paul Saladino, I'm just like, nah, man, that lad needs to get bullied. Like, <laughs> um, like, I think like like the likes of certain individuals that we're planning on speaking today and like the liver king it's like there's something called i do you know what hans lon's razor is hans lon's razor i don't think i've heard of that razor I'm not so, familiar with that um so it's never in for malevolence for that that can be explained by incompetence so these people mm. aren't necessarily bad i don't think mm. they're just like they just don't know what they're talking about they have like mm. good, like necessary like good intentions as opposed to like um saladino or the nickel cornholio or something like that <laughs> sorry uh the, the nickel antonio even uh, <laughs> or dave Feldman or something something like that uh, where like i think they have i think they they actually know that they're wrong okay would you maybe agree? 
don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say because like you know, Liver King and Saladino are like friends and business partners. So like if if Liver King is just ignorant uh, and competent and without malevolence, I don't know. I find it hard to because there's so much agenda tied up in this as well. Mm. And what mm. you will see, like say for uh Dr. Nickel and Tonio, like not all of his advice is bad, which is often an, an issue in this space. Like, you know, it's um where are we talking about this before? I think we mentioned on a podcast recently, but you know, you look at someone like that, it's like, oh, how can you begrudge the man for trying to get people to eat more vegetables, let's say, or whatever? I don't know if he actually does much of that, or just say any of these, any of these people like trying to eat more vegetables. It's like, yeah, you don't begrudge them for that, but you do have to begrudge them for all the fucking nonsense that they they promote and like a lot of unsafe practices in a lot of cases you know with like dr nick antonio like just with the salt recommendations or like eating tons of salt like that that can will have health detriments to people who might adopt that um and same which is you know liver king like saying like you know eat as much butter and animal fat and stuff as you want um and as long as you sun your balls like you'd be grand like that's not you can't you can't no, you can't uh, you can't stand by that or give them a pass on that. Um, so yeah, it's a weird it's a weird one because that podcast, like I said, is really good. Um, Will you clip that and post that? That was a really good. Maybe as long as you swing your balls after eating your butter, you're absolutely fine. Oh yeah, that's that's the title of the podcast, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, hey, like no. okay, let's let's uh, let's actually move into this space yeah. with. Um, of some of the claims made um, in the plant-based community, yeah. let's say, uh, about health. You know, we've, we've taken some of these claims from some of the more prominent people in this space. Um, some will be well-known here in Ireland uh, as a, like restaurateurs and uh, have food lines and cookbooks and stuff. So we've taken some of the claims from from those um people should be able to guess who it is but uh like excitable fruit but what what do you want to start with you i know you've collected a few claims that we're going to discuss in this context through some of these claims like like quite quite quickly and just like like straight up just the won't get and move on like mm. um I suppose I'll just, I'm just going to read kind of like or paraphrase what's being said here. So um, if you want to reduce your cholesterol, cholesterol containing foods makes sense, right? It's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't actually make sense. It's like, it's a little bit more nuanced to this. It's like the majority of the cholesterol in your body is endogenously synthesized. We, we uptake about 25%. And the, Effects of dietary cholesterol on serum cholesterol is dictated by how much you're currently eating. So if you're eating zero um, cholesterol and you bump it up to 300 milligrams, we'll see an increase in serum cholesterol. If you're eating 400 milligrams of dietary cholesterol and we up it to 800 milligrams, we don't see that increase. So it's, it's not as if we just see like the more cholesterol you eat in the diet, the worse, the worse it is. It's like from zero to 400 milligrams or 300 milligrams, we'll see an increase in serum cholesterol. From 400 to 700 milligrams, we won't see that. So it does infer a little bit of a risk. 
Um, but it's it's not a big hitter here. Like we're better off modifying like the polyunsaturated fat to saturated fat ratio in the diet. Like they, like that's a far, a far more like bigger hitter to go after. Um, so yeah, like let let's say we take like eggs for example. If we look at some of the epidemiology on eggs, it seems to be the case that like they they're I, I'm reluctant to say that they're a, like a healthy food. Um, they don't seem to be like obviously there's cases where they are. It's like if they allow you to pull up your protein beyond what's deficient and stuff like that. Um, like if we look at the majority of the ep- epidemiology is like uh, as you consume over like four eggs a week, you do seem to get a, like a slight bump of an increase in risk in cardiovascular disease. Like wh- whether that's due to the cholesterol content or the saturated fat content or the, the modification or, or the boat or the, or the fact that they just are contributing to overnutrition. like, I, I can't say. Um, it, 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 it very well could be a combination of the, of the, of the three of them. Yeah, because like, even if you do eat four eggs a week or more, it's like, how much saturated fats does that actually contribute to someone's diet? Like, it's, it's not going to be very much. So exactly. it's hard, hard to pull them out as a, as a source in isolation. Um, and as you've said there, like the, the actual cholesterol content, which is often where people discuss eggs in a bad light, that doesn't really factor in except to a very small minority of, of people with certain genetic propensity for cholesterol it's not negligible like we can't just say we can't just dismiss, dismiss it completely but it's not something that we could be fearful over like this pts ratio your polyunsaturated fat saturated fat ratio is far bigger hitter eat your eggs if you want yeah and like look egg yolks are quite nutritious they have a lot of micronutrients in them um I should say as well, that won't apply to egg whites, right? Because you've removed all the fat and stuff. So egg whites are basically just pure protein. Um, so, you know, you can eat them kind of to your heart's content. Excuse the pun. Um, yeah. Okay. Let me go to the next one. Yeah. So um, reversal of, of type 2 diabetes with, with vegan diets. Like we're, it's, we, we, it's pretty clear now that like, like, to be diabetes is a disease of overnutrition it's a disease of fat accumulation whether it's like visceral or liver fat accumulation leading to a decline in first phase insulin response and and, and therefore like gradual like beta cell dysfunction um and if like if we say like we use the word like remission like what that is like categorizing is like a normal like postprandial response. It's like a normal like first phase insulin secretion. Um, and it seems to be the case like the only way you do that is by like dropping body weight by 10 to 15%, allowing for like liver like the reduction in liver fat too, um, depending on the duration of the diabetes as well. Um, so t- to say that we can do that with a vegan diet independent of weight loss is just like, no yeah we can't it, it's, it's a weight loss like don't get me wrong it's like a low-fat vegan diet where you just like remove two massive like macronutrients yeah probably and, and all you do is live off like vegetables yeah you're probably probably gonna lose that weight are you gonna like mm. so like but it's not the vegan diet then it's a weight loss it's like i can do the exact same thing on an omnivorous diet as long as i lose the weight nothing yeah. like so it's not yeah. nothing, nothing got to do with that and you know and we can't say that a plant-based diet is superior for weight loss, you know? Mm. Yeah. Cause that's, it's, you know, as basic as it is, it's like, it, it just comes down to energy and energy out. And 
how you actually achieve that in that specific isolated context doesn't matter. We can we can actually say that. And, that, and that's kind of like, because I, I was saying, we were talking about fasting and podcast with Luke last time. You know, a lot of these different interventions, the, the, the tricky thing about them, whether that be fasting or carnivore or vegan diet or whatever it is, a lot of the health outcomes are, you know, some of the health outcomes purported by these interventions are due to the fact that they get you into a calorie deficit. And if you're the type of person that is carrying too much fat, you're going to improve your health. Mm. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly it. It's like, we see the things with like, like keto and stuff like that. It's like, if we, if we take like, if we look at like keto or plant-based diets on like inflammation, so it's like once you, once you like control for weight loss, it's just like the, the effect is completely abolished. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I suppose like one of the things that pops up as well, and I'm sure user will also be against is just like this, like looking for people to take their own responsibility as like, and, if, and like, don't be taking any wondrous drugs or surgical interventions. It's like, mm. you just need to take responsibility. It's like, no, like, like, some like there's a reason why doctors prescribe medications because it's probably the ethically ethically correct thing to do because lifestyle modification adherence is so appalling and like if if we and potentially like drug adherence is going to be a touch better it's going to be an easier thing to do and it can increase somebody's lifespan and this kind of reliance on like like just take responsibility and eat a, eat a low-fat plant-based diet and you'll be you'll have robust health it's like no it's like maybe, maybe what we do instead of looking for major lifestyle modification we look for we use some pharmacotherapy and then we use and we use minor lifestyle modification and then you can actually adhere to that mm. like yeah I, I, that that's just one thing that i didn't like when i was reading through that there um yeah th- so I would just want to ask you, have you used an answer to this? Because I didn't look into it because I don't really care. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> coconut sugar is nutritious and safe for diabetics. Coconut sugar is nutritionally safe for diabetics. Nutritious and safe for diabetics. That, is that a claim? Yeah. Just, yeah, I, that's what I'm asking you. But... One one of the other things here is like, I could just straight up say like that's what that is what is put forth with without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. It's like there's, yeah. okay. it's like I, I I could have like straight up just went back and went to the back of the book, read the references, and be like, ah, oh, okay, there's not, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, like, I mean that you know that's a very kind of vague statement as well. It's like yeah, it's quite nebulous, like. Yeah. Like, say for diabetics it's like what does that even mean you know um and i want to actually reiterate that point that you made a minute ago that type 2 diabetes is a disease of energy toxicity more than it is anything else which pe- people i think there's a big misconception about that it's like all about your carbohydrate intake and all about the quality of your carbohydrates and while that does have a role it's it is mostly that fat accumulation and desensitization of the cells to uh, insulin um so that's an important just kind of take home fact from from this episode is that you know type two because because i talk to people like in my social circle or you know anybody basically and they talk about you know diabetes and they're like oh yeah 
I know my someone I know has has type two diabetes, and I'm trying to get them to reduce their carb intake. And it's like, you know, it's not exactly the route that you need to take for them um, in that context. Um, has taught us something. We might come back to it, but I'll leave it for the moment because otherwise, I go off on a tangent. Uh, but yeah, nutrition. Okay, so is coconut sugar nutritious? No, right? Like, it may be nutritious if you consume vast quantities of it. What's you know, that mean? Like, what does nutrition even mean? I would say it, it's it has nutrients, right? So I I would compare this argument to Himalayan pink salt is superior to regular table salt. It's the same mm. sort of argument. It's like okay, or, or, like honey or agave, <laughs> you know, versus like regular sugar. Like you know, it's 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 fairly like you know, what's the yeah. point of having this discussion? Like, it's like if you you're know. getting a significant nutrient contribution from eating coconut sugar, you probably have a big problem with your diet, and that's and that's the same thing with the. Uh, <laughs> We got some doggos in the back. Uh, Co- Cody was uh, he was not happy with that uh, that discussion whatsoever. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I think what what the next kind of claim that I have here that's kind kind of relevant is some some vegan. Um, like food dietary nutrient dietary index that is that was used in this book. Um, was do you know who a doctor a Joel Furman is? Uh, I think I've come across him. So he yeah, has, yeah, he has this nutrient nutrient index, and basically what he does is he takes like nutrient density over um calories, and then he scores foods based on that. So he t- has things like. And he has this list of like a thousand to one. And basically it's like he has things on the top of the list, like kale, collard greens, bok choy, spinach. Um, mm. And then we look like, so that's a thousand. If we come down to like the 30th on the list. So these are obviously like low quality foods. You have things like walnut, bananas, almonds, avocados, white mm. potato, cashew, like all the food, all like relatively health promoting foods just have, they're just higher in calories. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this nutrient index that he's using is like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't like look at amino acids. So it's like it's yeah. looking at all of these all of these nutrients without without considering amino acids. Plus the fact that like like I would suspect that his whole kind of like he he has based this around the fact that like fasting and apoptosis, bro, and whatever the hell we want we want to say it's just like mechanistic circle jerking about potential stem cell rejuvenation let's say um, so like calories are essential it's like if you, if you have somebody eating off like this nutrient index and they're eating foods in top in the top 100 it's like they're going to be calorie deficient they're going to be amino acid mm. deficient like it's it's just a, a like a backwards way of of like looking at food basically it's a, it's a backwards way of, of, of looking at food um so yeah um let me see if there's anything else yeah i think actually this is this is probably relevant um the epa and dha um like getting direct sources of, of them in a vegan diet it's like 
the so if you take um, an alpha linoleic acid so that's our, our flaxseed like it it's so that's going to be your omega tree that um like vegans are going to be able to get into a diet but it do, like we're looking for EPA and DHA because they they have the like the neuroprotective and cardioprotective effects as they kind of like incorporate themselves into cell membranes um that's where we get like our omega tree index but we know that like the that flaxseed doesn't like it, it like will increase like EPA but doesn't go on and, and increase DHA and it, when we look at the like the omega tree index which is like if we look at like the like the cardiovascular benefits of having like a high omega tree index that that's primarily tracking DHA in cell membranes um and we know we know that like ALA isn't isn't getting converted there so if you're not if you're not supplementing with um an algae supplement so like a, a vegan algae uh, can get you a nice bit of EPA and DHA in there so like, I suppose the argument here is like, well, I'm at low cardiovascular risk because I, I I I eat a plant based diet. It's like, yeah, but like, what about the the neuroprotective benefits that you you can get from that from having some some It's just like, no, like, go supplement. And that's where this kind of like this is a big the big thing here that I see is just like the whole food food kind of purist perspective is just like, what do you mean we're going to eat processed stuff or we're going to take supplements? It's like. They're not natural. Mm. No, yeah. piss off. Like, okay, buddy. Like, it's, it's like the health value of a food cannot be determined by its degree of processing or how natural mm. it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Because then, because then it's like uh, defined processing. That's like you you pull the broccoli out of the ground. <laughs> you process that broccoli. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, there's, there's plenty of like unprocessed foods that are less healthy than ultra processed foods. If we look at like the is the IARC? No, it's it's not the IARC. It's the um, oh, what you what you call? I've looked into this a while ago. The the food categorization for processing. Tip my mind. Don't have it off the top of my head. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, no, I give up. Um, <laughs> Nova classification, isn't it? not sure uh mm. actually yeah yeah i think that actually does sound right yeah cool okay um yeah like there's plenty of foods that say higher up on that nova classification as ultra processed foods that are that are more healthy than minimally processed foods it's like, like let's say we have like dark chocolate that sits up there as an ultra processed food that's a generally health promoting food way sits up there mm. um like yeast extract it's like a, a great way of like vegans getting in some 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 B vitamins. Like that's a that's a that's a processed food that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Fruit juices they're processed, they're healthy. Unsaturated oils that like phytosterol enriched oils, healthy. Folate fortified folate fortified foods, iodine fortified foods, vitamin D fortified foods. It's like they make your diet better and they're un, and they're processed and they're mm-hmm. un, unnatural and that's what has stopped half the population from getting fucking neural tube defects. And being born with cretinism and stuff like that, it's exactly. the, the processing of these foods. Um, so, um, yeah. That's I was I was having that conversation with somebody yesterday. We're doing like a nutrient review of his of his diet, and it's like, you know, folate came up having come up short, right? And it's like, you know, easy ways these fortified foods, right? And that actually counts for a lot of nutrients. Um, Basically, because, you know, you have to look at what's most of the population eating most of the time. A lot of people are eating, you know, cereals for breakfast. So 
if you fortify those, you can ensure them against, you know, those things that you mentioned there, Jeremy. Um, you know, do we want people eating cereal for breakfast? Maybe not in isolation, maybe because it's not a complete meal, but, you know, while you're helping people make better choices, you still have to look after the population on a broad scale. Um, you can't just say, you know, everyone take that personal responsibility narrative that's so prevalent and kind of cringe once you once you have your eyes opened to it, right? Once you're not a 17 year old bloke, like, like <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, things are more difficult than that. Well to do as well. Yeah. Like that's in a place of like some degree of privilege, you know, access to food and uh, not in poor socioeconomic status and everything else. Um, yeah. Um, I just had a little scroll down here. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll make make sure we cover the, the big things anyway. Um, so the the one of the big things that's put forward is that a, a low fat vegan diet reverses heart disease. Mm. Um, so like again, it's like we, we need we need definitions. Yeah, reversal yeah. and stuff like that. So like the definition is a. 10% reduction in stenosis. So that's if we take like lumen, like maximal lumen diameter and minimal lumen diameter, and we like divide minimum by maximum. Um, that's how we get our percent stenosis. So we need a 10% reduction in that in combination with a, I, I believe it's a like a four millimeter or two to four millimeter reduction in like aorta size or like diameter. Um, so that's like our, like that's actually the like de- that's the actual definition of reversal. Okay. And like there's there's a couple of things that actually have been shown to do with this, like some like PCA, PS, PCSK9s and that and stuff like that. I believe I've been shown to do that. Um, but uh, apparently a vegan diet does that. But what they what the big thing there is the methodology in which they they took this scan. So it, they used uh, coronary angiography. Um, which like isn't isn't validated to to measure these things so we, we can't we can't infer ba- based on that like there's a there's a nice little there's a nice little image of looking at this um that that ca scan and be like okay well look at these two Im- images here um and basically it's a it's a it and it's like a, you can see like a nice reduction in things or it looks like there's a reduction in plaque volume all they've done is like just move the move the angle of things slightly so like you like if you're going to be using if you're going to be using like reversal, you have to make sure that you have proper methodology doing that. And we don't yet have any diet related data on that. But we don't care either. It's events. It's like we don't want people to have heart attacks and stroke. Mm. And yeah. like that's that's where a a plant predominant diet can reduce these things and we, that's what we care about so we care about cardiovascular mortality and we care about events so um i'm not sure if you know who avi bitterman is yeah yeah i follow yeah. him on twitter yeah he's like he's, he's quite good so he like mm. why he's coined this is like beyond reversal it's just like we, we, don't, we don't we don't necessarily need to see like a like a decrease in plaque progressions like we we need to see an increase in a decrease in, in, in events race and mm. like the lag time between health and disease being increased. Yeah. Uh, and like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, just, I, I think that kind of, kind of looks back at, again, it was like these, 
like mechanisms versus outcomes that we were talking about earlier with most protein synthesis. Human human outcomes. That's that's what mm. we're um, Yeah, it's pe- people are just kind of missing the forest for the trees. Yeah, and it's it's not necessarily plant based diet that's having an effect there, but it is what you talked about earlier the saturated to polyunsaturated fat ratios. It's the quantity of plant nutrients you're eating, the quantity of fiber that you're eating, quantity of calories that you're eating, um, and the kind of fat sources and and things that you're getting in your diet. So, like you know, can a plant based diet assist with this yeah definitely and it, it goes a long way to helping with this kind of stuff but it's not the only way which is i think the key distinction that you need to make or you know that's that's basically what people are trying to say that like you know you're taking your life into your own hands if you eat animal products that's kind of the, the narrative um and ju- just for people who weren't as familiar with like physiology terms and things we were what we we're talking about there was basically just space in the blood vessels right so heart disease happens in a lot of cases where plaque builds up and blood doesn't flow as well and that's end up with like strokes or heart attack strokes in the brain heart attacks um because it's you know clotting essentially in well not clots but not clotting sorry um so that's what we were talking about with the, the lumen diameter and the order. Yeah, sorry. That was a pa- an appalling explanation. But apologies. <laughs> like, I forgot I was talking to more people but you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that's a really relevant point. It's like there is a lot of non-inferior diets. It's like we are, we're just nitpicking here with these conversations. It's like a well-formulated vegan diet, pescatarian diet, Mediterranean, DASH portfolio, or, or following the public health guidelines. It's like they're all non-inferior. Like we're all, we're just like, if we move beyond what like that list there plus another couple of diets is just like, we're having irrelevant conversations. Mm. Yeah, like we want we want people to to, to not die at sixty, <laughs> or yeah. like, like mm. or even like pro- prolong the event event rates of the of cardiovascular disease. So we like, like all of them diets here is like. We're just we're just nitpicking too much at that yeah, they, they have a huge amount of overlap you know yeah exactly good diet is something we always talk about any, any well put together diet looks basically the same in a lot of categories and then as you said we're kind of arguing about the minutiae here yeah hmm. yeah um yeah so i another thing that's always put forward by like people in the vegan diet it's like you've got to reduce that saturated fat at all costs. It's like dairy, chocolate, chicken, coconut oil, like coconut oil. It's like, no. So like some, some whilst it's like, like a, as a general statement, the reduction in saturated fat is a good idea. It's like, it doesn't hold up. It's like dairy fat, like unprocessed dairy fat, when it has that like milk fat gobule membrane and it's fine calcium and stuff like that. Like that doesn't affect LDL. Steric acid found in dark chocolate again doesn't affect LDL. Coconut oil, so it's because it's a medium chain saturated fat. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't alter LDL. So it's when we're talking about like saturated fats, it's like the twelve carbons, like sixteen carbon saturated fats that raise LDL. So we have this nuance there. Plus, like as as I said, with like with dairy, it's like we eat things in foods. So we have calcium, 
like in dairy, for example, it's like we have calcium and we have that milk fat globule membrane um, in, in dairy. Um, or we have like the fact that it, it like it, it like it's a direct source of short chain fatty acids. Like dudes have lots of stuff going on with them. That, um, so to just to say like remove like remove saturated fat, it's just like no, that like that that's actually not that's not what we're looking at here. It's like remove certain types of saturated fat found in found in animal fat and found in, in butter because it's it's a processed dairy which removes all the beneficial mm. aspects of it. Um, and it's not just remove it completely, it's keep it below 10% of your calories. Yeah. Which like it like don't get me wrong, it's like it's it's that's it's not really simple to do. Keep it below 10%. Like if you you're kind of track things acronomy, you're like, ah, might be like it might be it might be a, a touch hard, but when you start to get a little touch more mindful of it, you need to do things like swap your your butter for a proactive butter and stuff like that. It's like that could be enough. Mm. Yeah. So ten, ten, like 10 percent of calories is anywhere between like like twenty to like twenty grams to thirty grams is like actually where we see the like increase in risk depending on male or female. Um, yeah, it's just like there's a lot of nuance there. Whereas on a population level, in terms of public health guidelines, it's harder to incorporate that nuance. You know, like keep your saturated fat to ten percent or less of your calories is not even simple as a recommendation necessarily, but it's simpler than keep it 10% of calories, but, you know, whole food dairy products, fine. Uh, you know, avoid the 12, 16 carbon. Uh, Nobody says that, look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then again, like, you know, it is within the dietary guidelines that, okay, you know, consume dairy products right and what dairy products are in there it's like you know milk it's cheese yogurt um now certain like if you consume like you say you consume heaps of cheese because it's like it's whole food dairy and you know we're saying here that you know it doesn't have a negative impact on ldl you could still rack up quite a lot of calories and get into an energy surplus which is then going to be of detriment right so these are the kind of things you have to think about but um yeah i mean if, if someone's looking at like, let's, you're, it's, all right, so you mentioned that, you know, having less butter in favor of other things, you could apply that to say like cooking and less butter, for example, as well, if, if you use butter to cook or whatever. Um, what kind of recommendations would you make to people in, in the context of like their animal fat intake, right? Because you've mentioned that, but can we give people some more specific advice in that context? Yeah. Um, I'm still toying with this, like, like how much should you be eating a week? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm still toying with this, to be honest. I don't actually think we have clear cut answers. Mm. I think, like, my general rule is, like, process red meat. It's, like, probably, like, limited, full stop, like, limited to holiday occasions and stuff like that like like with all foods we're not fragile it's your dietary pattern that matters gonna be fine if you eat at the odd time um so like don't be fearful but do be mindful mm. like, like that it's also like there, there's in there's situations where red meat decreases risk like females with if they're at risk of like iron deficiency is like they're they're at increased risk of like atrial fibrillation which falls into like a cardiovascular disease mm. so like in that situation like i can't tell that individual 
that it's going to be health promoting to reduce their red meat intake. No, I I think I think red, lean red meat has a key role to play in most people's diets. Like especially yeah, females. Yeah. I usually just recommend like you know keep it to between 300 to 500 grams a, a week. week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so that, that, like, that is what, what I would say. Uh, that, that, that's what I would say. But, but like, until <clears> you have some, like, I, I'll chat with you about it after and I'll send you down some stuff after. But, like, like that, that's my current recommendations. And that, mm. like, that, sorry, they're not my recommendations. They're the public health recommendations. Yeah. Which seems yeah. to be in line with all of the, the data I've read on this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, for a lot of my, especially female clients, but just because, you know, Red meat is a very nutrient dense protein source, right? So it has a lot of zinc and iron, B vitamins, right? And it's a good source of protein. Um, I recommend, you know, people choose obviously the, the leaner option, right? So we can get very lean beef and stuff at, at this point. You know, we can get 4% fat, uh, you know, even beef burgers and beef mince. And you can get, you know, certain cuts of steak that are pretty lean or beef medallions. So it's easy enough to consume that red meat, get the nutrition from it without having to consume excessive amounts of fat. Right. Um, and it's really easy. You know, I've, I've had this conversation with a client recently, you know, she was experiencing quite low energy levels. Um, I was looking at her diet and it's like, okay, you're not actually eating any red meat really. So let's introduce, and my recommendation is obviously depends on the person it was often like, you know, make say three of your meals per week, the protein source, make that lean red meat right um and then you know she, she adopted this approach and you know in the first week it was like she was choosing a lot of really fatty sources and i was like look you just need to look at the labels check the fat content go for the because she's eating like beef burgers and stuff which is fine but then they were super high fat and i was like yes while they are delicious we don't want you consuming excessive amounts of fat and calories from eating beef burgers when you can just get lean ones that are like 4% fat or 5% fat. Um, so that's what it can look like. And then, you know, lo and behold, her energy levels are better because she's now consuming more iron, more B vitamins. And that was a, an important intervention, as it is for a lot of females, especially. Yeah, I suppose, like, my like the argument against, against that is, like, there's nothing that I can't get from red meat, that I, nothing that I can get from red meat that I can't get from, well, bar, like, creatine, choline, or creatine and carotene and stuff like that like I, I can also just get that from from a multivit yeah um, so like yeah like that that's where like i've i don't that's why i don't have the answer to whether like or, or like I, I don't i don't know like i i think like like up to probably up to like 100 grams a day is like is like you're not going to see an increase in risk of any um like any like cardiovascular or, or cancer yeah, of course like as we always have to consider here, we're just talking about one specific feature of the diet in isolation and when, and then realistically it has to fit into the rest of someone's diet. So it's like, you know, eat 110 grams of red meat per day, but you increase your vegetable intake by, you know, two servings a day. It's like, where does that leave you as a net result? You know, and it all depends on total quantities. And I mean, actually, yeah, what I think of it, you had a really nice, um, almost i almost forgot to mention it but i did want to mention it really nice kind of just summary of like here's what i'm thinking about in terms of healthy eating and like you had like a checklist remember that a few weeks yeah. ago yeah that was really nice um 
I don't know if you can remember it or if you can pull it up there, but I mean, um, I can you, I can remember that I think. Yeah. Um. If it's not if it's not quick and easy, I'm not doing it. So like I can just, get behind that. Yeah, yeah, I know you can, dude. Um, <laughs> so like just like have things that like have meals that are quick, easy. Um, like. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up because it is it's quite good. It's laid it's laid out. I I I'll I'm gonna get it up here. Five it. seconds, fine. I'll race you. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um yeah, you got it. Yeah. Having my energy and taking line with my goal. Give myself a calorie window. Um, because sometimes I'm working and I'm busy and I don't feel like eating, and sometimes it's the weekend and I'm going out for food. And so um I don't set carb and fat targets because I don't care. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I like I use fiber as a correlate for diet quality. Um, yeah. So like yeah. all of the health promoting foods that we eat contain fiber. So if we look at like our our if we we can use our, our, our fiber there to like assess diet quality. Unless you get clients that are sneaky, um, and they'll use like they'll use like um, fill bars. That, no, full fill bars are like all brand or something like that. There's like they'll have a big fuck off ball of, ball of all brand and the rest of the time <laughs> like will not be up to standard and it's just the all brand pulling it up. Mm. Saturated fat below 10% of calories or 25 grams ish with the added level of nuance there that like you're you're there. Like I don't count dark chocolate. I don't count these. I don't use coconut oil. So I don't count that either. Mm. But um it's like let's let's say for example like i wouldn't then just go off and use coconut oil it's like we have healthier fats that we can use that are going to have yeah. some benefit that's a good point um, yeah things like olive oil things like rapeseed oil um yeah yeah um, exa- exactly um sodium below 2500 milligrams like that's above like the like aha recommendations um just because i train more so because i can't fucking get it below that <laughs> and I, I just say that I train, but like I just can't get it for um, eat, eat plants to get some phytosterol content. When in a surplus, I'll use plant fat, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated oils or, or avocados or walnuts or whatever the hell, and grains to, put, to pull myself up into my surplus. Mm. Get in 200 plus grams of protein. Um, again, a little touch higher than, than 2.2 grams per kilo body weight be, because I'm eating plant sources and it's just an insurance policy. Mm. Um, 600, 600 to 800 grams of fruit and veg a day, seven grams of combined EPA and DHA a week. Um, and if I was a vegan... Following this, okay. Sorry? Say seven grams or 700 grams? Seven grams. Yeah. Um, and and if, I was a, if I was a... For your omega threes, then. Sorry. Are you taking Are you taking a fish oil? Or are you taking a uh, vegan omega three? Yeah, that that that's exactly it. No, okay. Um, and then what what the other things I would be doing is like taking like a. Um, are you sure you can't hear that noise behind me? No. Yeah, no. I can't hear it. That's insane. It's like a like a big ass chainsaw, like like literally like that far away from me. It's so loud, I can't even hear you. Like. <laughs> Um, that's very that's very cool. Then I, I will be taking some form of like 
pyrid I think it's called like py pyridoxal six phosphate. It's the active form of B six. Let me just find out what it actually is. Because yeah. B six actually seems to be one that like is, is pretty low in vegans, um, as as well as B twelve. Um, mm. then I I would be making sure that I have a calcium rich foods calcium rich foods like that I'm getting in a decent bit of zinc. I'm taking in some like I, I'm eating a good bit of like non-heme iron and I'm taking a bit of vitamin C with it as well. Again, like, or just take, take the multivitamin. Mm. Just, just, like, to, just to clarify, I think this goes beyond your list right now, right? We're not, we're not still on the list. Oh no, we've moved. No, you've moved into, into more weed. That was the last item on the list. It's like the. Tesco board deal. Huh? I, I said, I'm a. The Omega-3, wasn't it? I think that was the last one. Sorry? The Omega-3 point, I think, was the last point on your actual yeah. checklist, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, then I, then I also said I'm a pretty normal person, so I do pick up Tesco meal deals the odd time. Oh, yeah. Make sure my diet looks like majority. Jeans, mm. eyes, no pair, so you do. Yeah. Um, Love a meal deal, so I do. So, yeah, like, nutrients of concern, like, like protein is relevant. It's like, it's, I, don't, I don't know how confident i'm saying it's a nutrient of concern being you're not going to be deficient in it um but you're not going to have maximal levels as you age like we want to be able to like delay sarcopenia and, and stuff like that it's like probably going to be needing to to thinking about like eat, eating soy and eating seitan and eating corn and maybe like maybe if you are like older it's like maybe even an essential amino acid as well or like something like that um like calcium you have to eat like a pretty big amount of like like kale and spinach to get it in. Like you can probably get it in for like 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 six hundred grams of like kale, spinach, and broccoli if you're going to like do that. Um, like again, like you can find the multivitamin that that contains. It's just a bit of an, an insurance policy. Um, B B B six is seem seems to be like. So something that we do struggle to get in B B twelve like like B twelve we store for so long we store for like two to five years but even still you just want it like I I go straight in with supplementation um on or maybe eating like a or supplementation alongside eating um like a yeast product of some some sort yeah um, yeah that's what I usually recommend yeah. and then like if if you're like a, <laughs> a female it's like yeah, go 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 chat with your doctor. Get your get your get your iron looked at. See see what happens because I, I would suspect after a while it will be like there's gonna be variability there based on you know menstrual cycle as well. Exactly. Like how much blood loss are you experiencing with that on a monthly basis? That's gonna vary person to person. So yeah, I mean you have to take a you do have to take a, a role in in managing your health here. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Like mm. it, it, again, it can can be done. It can be really, really healthy. You just you just need a little bit of mindfulness, just a little, a little bit, a little bit of mindfulness, and a little bit of education, um, um, and don't try and be natural. Don't try remove processed foods. It's like they're going to be the pinnacle of you being like not being nutrient deficient. <laughs> use your use your protein powders. Use your use your multivitamins. Yeah. Use your your tofu and stuff like that. Um. It's like don't don't try to like be be all natural about it. It's like it's not helpful. That's that's not really helpful on any diet. Um, 
yeah it's just it's also unnecessary and makes life a lot harder for you and then results in you not actually being able to tick the boxes you need to tick with your nutrition which is the whole, the whole point like you know the whole point of you eating in a certain way is to be healthy and live a long time and have good quality of life and perform well in what you want to do day to day um so you know that's the whole reason you're doing this so don't hamstring that by adopting some silly approach where it's like i can't have processed food or i can't take a supplement no like that that's like straight up but like yeah 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 no like that, that like that, that i've absolutely no time for stuff like that like people making like that recommendation um like even in like that, that one of the book one of the books that we were we were chatting about like yeah, there was like they were given like food first recommendations when people had been diagnosed with like anemia. No, yeah, no, yeah. no you get that. Like, yeah, food has a role to play. We need to go get that sorted. Like, yeah, ex- like exa- exactly. It's like just go take a bloody iron supplement. Like, mm. it's insane. Uh, that that that's madness to me. Just just this like whole few food pure. It, it, like bugs me a little touch. Um. Because it's there's no kind of like evidential basis either. No, it's just a appeal to nature fallacy. It's just that, that's exactly what it is. You know. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm sure we have a couple of bits left that we could we could chat about. Mm. Uh, if you still have time. I have time. If you have, Brian. Yeah, yeah, we can go from there a few minutes. Um. Cool. Let me let me find something. Any, anything else that comes that you use here often um i think we've covered a lot of them i think the heart disease one was definitely the main one i wanted to, uh, to discuss. i have i have one for you jim yeah lads are concerned about eating soy oh yeah that's cool because of phytoestrogens yeah don't what's be. your thoughts don't be <laughs> <laughs> like that like just like straight up don't be like no yeah. um again we're, we're expecting drug-like effects from foods we can't expect drug-like effects from foods um like maybe that's a good example of like maybe something like that we would but like it doesn't seem to be the case doesn't doesn't seem to be so it seems to be the case at all um where does that claim come from then ah where's the claim come from I don't know. It's like, it's like, oh, soy, yeah, is a phytoestrogen. So if you have more estrogen, that's a female hormone. So it's going to make you more feminine. Like, is that basically just the thought process? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. talking about, like, who made it up? I was like, I haven't got oh, no, sorry. No, that's that, exactly yeah, that, that's, the, that's the general, like, you know, the, the what the general super zoomed out version of things that people look at um and it's it's it but even if it's if it's a, if when you think of like where what boys used to slag each other in some parts of the world you're a soy boy you know the yeah. americans will be like dude you're such a soy boy you know like so that's kind of part of it as well it's like oh you saw you're you're a bitch essentially so that's um, true that's true you're the, a, a weak little vegan the, the, but, yeah. so i think uh, like Back to like the cardiovascular disease thing, like because we we actually are specifically chatting about like low fat vegan diets, like there's just like like there's there's again like no evidential basis for there's, 
I mean, cancer claims is a big one as well. I don't know if you wanted to go there. Yeah, I'm not willing to go there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something it's not something I'm I've looked into much myself. Yeah. Um I know like David Robert Grimes has a, a nice little video dismissing um some kind of cancer related claims there. Yeah, I suppose if we can give people something on this, it's like the relationship between diets and cancer is very it's like a, it's a very tenuous kind of link, right? Because you can't even just say because cancer is just a collection of different diseases with different origins and you can, and mechanisms. And yeah, the baseline principles may be the same, but you can't just put them all under that one umbrella term and say that like you can move the needle on all of them by making some sort of modification because they yeah. work in different ways, essentially. Yeah. Um, so just be very cautious about people saying that, you know, if you just eat a certain way, you will reduce your cancer risk quite significantly. And there's different, now there's different things here that are beneficial, right? So higher fiber diets seem to reduce the risk of um, like colon cancers, digestive tract cancers, bowel cancers, um, evidence for say processed red meat seeming to increase incidence of, of those same cancers as well um so there are there are links um but some of the claims that are made in this area are quite wild like like all kind of claims that we're discussing but they're quite wild and um yeah david robert grimes has a great video on that on his uh, instagram and uh, his book is is really good as well um the irrational ape you know he does have sections on cancer in that he is a cancer researcher himself so he knows a lot more than uh, than we do maybe we should have him on the podcast actually dean we should we should we get it get a, get a hold of him yeah, yeah i don't envy him though man comes on for he's far better than me you should <laughs> let level up with your guests like you haven't gotten to cancer researcher status yet there it's not your fault give it time yeah, yeah. yeah another another five years he'll be back on he'll be like right lads now i'm ready to talk about cancer <laughs> <laughs> uh, well like you know Yes, then generally higher quality diets are going to reduce the risk to a certain extent, but a large part of the risk is, is not even modifiable depending on which types of cancer you're looking at. You know, a lot of it is genetics, you know, so I'm not going to just paraphrase Robert's video because there's no point, you can just watch it yourselves and he's more eloquent than I am. So. Um, yeah, that was just a, a big one that was circulating not so long ago. So we may as well speak to it. But I think, yeah, I think those are most of the claims. Like I'm not not going to get started turning this into a dissection of like the game changers or something because that's been done. Um, yeah, Lane has done a very good job of that. So. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the whole vasodilation and how well it's going to support erections, whether you're eating animal products or not um so yeah no it's not is there anything else on your list Jeremy, that you had or i'm sure i've a good few bits but we've, we've covered the majority of things yeah we're going over an hour now as well anyway so we're at like an hour 20 almost actually cool. yeah that's actually that's probably long enough so um we can probably wrap things up if you want yeah yeah um yeah uh Jeremy, if the people want to um get into contact with you and 
follow your shit as they say um where might they do that um my instagram is dermacava that's me um Kevin, um, we'll put it in we'll put it in the show notes was kevin over to see mm-hmm. oh yeah it's it's kevin over to see mm-hmm. um yeah that, that that's me i suppose that's me yeah yeah um, yeah i have no no big no big plugs at the moment i've no, nothing to offer <laughs> you can just like follow me on instagram and we can chat and dms if you'd like like i'm happy to answer any questions and stuff like that like usually things like this they're just giving me like questions that people have are also things that i'll just turn into posts anyway so it, it like it's beneficial for me even like if people do have questions so yeah do reach out if you want mm. well thank you for joining us it's much appreciated um i was on dearman's podcast a very long time ago so it's nice to and we did we we spoke about vegan diets at some stage as well did we actually yeah 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 100 we spoke about vegan diets and how they were trash Ooh. Don't yeah. uh, let's not advertise that, that then. That's 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 very that's very interesting. There you go. Yeah. That, that that's actually that actually just goes to show you that you are um you know you you've you're you've modified your belief systems and it's like you know that's actually a sign of of good critical thinkers. So yeah, you know it's just it's just cringe then when you <laughs> no let, let 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 me fix like it was you were more respectful than i was okay. yeah. <laughs> well we know I've, I've let lots of myself die over the years it's fine uh, the exercise no, mechanics world doesn't know what to be at now without you like they're just like what's going on here the, the what happened <laughs> it's not as it's, it's like i'm still doing an exercise mechanics course at the moment like it's not as if i like i've given up on it completely i just don't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right well that is uh all we have to say yeah on this episode, then thank you for listening yes thank guys you. thank you for tuning in please share it around um if you find it useful obviously if you or someone you know is thinking of adopting a vegan or plant-based diet this is going to be a fucking whopper podcast to be sending them so please do share it around um thank you for listening we'll catch you in the next one